Blog Talk Radio. We are now just two weeks away from pitchers and catching, catchers reporting, yet some of baseball's top free agents remain unsigned. Our hosts break down why this is such an issue and what's next in the pursuit of Harpado, plus a breakdown of the Phillies' top prospects and which ones could be due for a breakout in 2019. All this and more on Episode 5 of FanCast. Welcome to FanCast, Episode 5 here on the Baseball Podcast Network. Feel free to call in at 845-277-9345 and head down to Stubyard to use the Baseball Podcast Network code of BPN10 to get 10% off all purchases. I'm Coy here on what was supposed to be an exciting day for Phillies fans, Twitter buzzing with Harper rumors. Let's welcome Isaac to the show. How are you doing today, Isaac? I'm pretty good, Coy, but I'm sure I'd be doing much better if Harper was in red pinstripes at this time. <laughs> Definitely a lot of excitement online today for Phillies fans. We'll break into all that, a little information on prospects and who we believe will have a great 2019. But first, let's bring in our producer, Benson, to start us off with a couple of mailbag questions from some of our listeners. First question is from Jake. When will Bryce actually sign? So, Bryce, there was a lot of talk today that he could sign um, this afternoon or sometime today. Obviously, it did not pan out as many were hoping. There's been a lot of false sources leaning one way or the other saying when it could happen. But valid sources such as Bob Nightingale say this thing could head into middle of March next, um, into mid-March. John Heyman said that while Twitter was buzzing, there was no actual – um, stability on if the Phillies were in on Harper, if the Phillies have even made an offer to Harper. So I wouldn't expect it to be too soon, as many are hoping and anticipating, but it definitely will happen before spring tra- the first game of spring training. Let's head back to Benson with our second question. Are those questions from Samuel? What would the difference be between Bryce and no Bryce? All right, so the main difference would obviously be the lack of a uh, face of the franchise. Sure, Reese Hoskins and Aaron Nola are obviously the stars of the Phillies right now, but we're truly searching for that face of the franchise that we can lock up for a while, uh, a recognizable face around baseball, and Bryce Harper will be exactly that. It would also elevate our expectations. So if we don't get Harper, I think a lot of – people, including national media, would be sleeping on us. So I think that's the main difference between getting Harper and not getting Harper. Next question, Benson. Uh, this question is from Sorrell. Opinion on Odubel Herrera? Um, I personally think Odubel is a very talented player who sometimes he lets his emotions and 
lack of concentration affect him and sometimes give him a negative reputation? Do you remember last year there were a couple games where with people flat out blue, like that game in Boston where he misjudged a ball in center field, gave up what was then a tying run, which led to a uh, walk-off Red Sox win in extra innings. And so sometimes it's boneheaded plays like that that makes rough Philly fans turn on him, lack of hustle. Uh, in a gritty city, does not go over pretty well. But I do think Odubel has a lot of talent. When he gets in a hot stretch, there's very few players in baseball better than him. He had a fantastic start to 2018 last year. Um, key moment in that Scherzer-Nola duel where he hit a two-run homer in the first matchup. And then in the second, he took Scherzer deep two games in a row. So he's definitely a talented player, not one I think we should trade for a starting pitcher or a different bullpen piece. He's a guy that we can build, we can build around, keep him in center field, and I'm hoping for a big season in 2019. Next question. All right, last question from Hunter. Starting lineup opening day without and with Harper. All right, so the so the lineup with Harper on opening day would be with Cesar Hernandez leading off. Second would be Gene Segura. Third, we have Bryce Harper. Uh, fourth, I'd bat Reese Hoskins. Fifth, Andrew McCutcheon, newly acquired left fielder. Sixth, I would bat Michael Franco. Seventh, I would bat Odubel Herrera. Eighth, I would bat Jorge Alfaro, and then the pitcher's spot. And then without that, without the addition of Bryce Harper, I would bat Andrew McCutcheon in the third position and move Odubel Herrera to the fifth position and Michael Franco down to the sixth. And then put Jorge Alfaro up and substitute in substitute in in the eighth position another utility player. So I mean it would truly lengthen the Phillies lineup with the addition of Bryce Harper as we've been discussing. That'll be it for the mailbag questions today. Let's welcome in our first call of the show, Luke from South Jersey. Welcome in, Luke. Hey guys, how are you doing? Good, how are you? What's on your mind Good. today, Luke? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of annoyed with Twitter, and um, it's kind of getting old. Like all this news, and um, it's just like I just want it to all end. And um, like you know, I I don't. I'm not gonna believe that you know he's coming to the Phillies until I actually see him wearing red thin stripes, like putting on the jersey at the press conference. I mean, like, can you like what is is this posturing? Is this like what is this like? Is this this Scott Boris like trying to play games like? Can you guys explain what's going on? So I think the big thing with all these reports and fake people out there pushing news of when he'll sign is just mainly the source of a lot of impatient baseball fans. We're near February. We're two weeks away from pitchers and And arguably the biggest personality in baseball still hasn't signed. There's a ton of guys, uh, Harper, Machado, Dallas Keuchel, Craig Kimbrell, uh, Marwin Gonzalez, all guys, big names, star players that still haven't signed. And it's a lot of impatient baseball fans wanting this market to move along and doing everything they can to spark some interest. And it's also a lot of people trying to get Twitter famous and take a, uh, advantage of a vulnerable and global market. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's no reports that uh, this is true, but do you think that they made an offer to him yet? Um, most likely, I don't believe it'll get officially reported, the offer. Um, as Coy just mentioned, a lot of people are trying to get Twitter famous. 
If you've been following Philly's Twitter, you'll recognize the name Jeff Evans as a fake reporter. Um, yeah, yeah, there's one. Yeah. There's one Jeff Evans originally who who reported that Machado was being signed by the Phillies in late December. Um, yeah, kind of grew from yeah. There. People became gullible and believed <laughs> that he was a true reporter. So mm-hmm. he could, he used that to his, his advantage, and he uh, he got pretty famous the other day whenever he said that Bryce Harper was nearing a deal with the Phillies and a final sign up was needed by John Middleton to approve the deal. So I'm sure he uh I'm sure he felt some recognition come upon him, but since then I've heard that Twitter has gotten involved and has deleted most of the Jeff Evans accounts. Um there became quite a few once people realized that what was going on and you become you could become famous with the name Jeff Evans and Philly Twitter. So uh yeah, it's yeah. kind of hard to filter out who the true sources are in Twitter right now. I'd say the best advice is to listen to people like Ken Rosenthal as much as that. Yeah. Basic, I know it's a basic an- answer, but it's truly really the best yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, another question is, um, do, you, do you think that they have – I forget what I was going to ask. I think um, – do you think that their interests – um, and Manny Machado is um, somewhat like um, not. I mean, not as not as fierce as it used to be. Well, I think that coming into the offseason, Machado was definitely the favorite in the Phillies yeah. front office. A lot of former Orioles guys, and it seemed like he remained the favorite up until that meeting with Bryce Harper, where Harper, his wife Kayla, and Scott Boris sort of won over. Clentac, Middleton, and Kapler to where now they're putting all their chips in on Harper. So while I would agree that Harper is now the primary focus, if Harper decides to go a different way than the Phillies and Machado still is available, that they haven't ruled him out as a possibility and a backup. And he will definitely be, while a lot of Phillies fans would then look at him as a letdown, he is a great player and one that Philly fans will grow to love over the next decade if he is the player we end up with and not Bryce Harper. Yeah, yeah. And um, another notion I'm like really, really sick and tired of hearing about, I don't think they, the front office thinks like this, but like a Ryan Howard um, went on Emily Networkers. He's like, he's like, well, it's okay if they miss out on these two guys because there's Mike Trout in two years. Like, I am so sick and tired of that attitude. Like, we've waited long enough for this, and – like I'm, I hate that attitude. We'll, we'll just wait for Trout in two years. So I understand he's not going to sign an extension, but like, stop! I just don't like that attitude. Um, like I, I'm just really, really confused about why they. You, you don't think they're going to? Why do you think? I'm going to saying that. Yeah, I'm going to stop you there, right there, Luke. I totally agree with what you're saying. It's been way too long for us Philly fans since we were in actual contention. The last winning season we had was in 2011. Right after that, 2012. We went to 500 and have been under 500 since. Mm-hmm. I'm sick and tired of these losing seasons where everyone's trusting in the rebuild. I think our rebuild has done well to put up some good prospects like Reese Hoskins, Aaron Nola, Jorge Alfaro, and we truly have mm-hmm. filtered out. Now is a time where we mix our our homegrown prospects with going out there and grabbing a free agent, premier free agent like Bryce Harper, and Putting out a contending team. This is the time where you, this is the time where you truly want to put together. You can you can put together a good team with an addition like Bryce Harper. And yes, that'd be great if Mike Trout is available in two years, uh, top five player maybe ever eventually at the end of his career. 
once he calls it quits. So, of course, you've got to take that opportunity if it happens. But you can't count on something two years away. In 2021, it'll be almost 10 years since the Phillies were in the playoffs. And I know that's way too long for me and all Phillies fans, all true Philly fans. I I totally agree with you. And one last question. Um, I at the beginning of the off season, I remember like there were, like reports and like these like little known people. It was like maybe like I think it was like back in like October, like around like I think October. I think the official day for free agency was like October 29th. I think it was. Um, remember like um, there's Scott Boris went on um, some radio show and he's like he's like uh, well it's a done deal and now. All he has to do is say, uh, he wants to announce it to everyone else. Um, you know, he said it was a done deal, and I remember like tweets are saying that like he already signed with the with the Phillies. Like, um, why do you think like is is this? Why do you, why do you think? Obviously, he's trying to get the most money for his client, but why is he just playing games with all these fans and everything? Well, first of all, the when Boris did come out and say that in wake of all this, Anthony Davis fine for demanding a trade that. Um, remark by Boris did break some form of rules in the collective bargaining agreement, so I'm sort of surprised that Boris haven't faced any repercussions for that. But I think that was Boris just pulling a classic Boris move, trying to get other teams and all the teams actually to think that Harper did, did have a deal in place, um, go all in on him. And I think the market wasn't what he was expecting for such a talented client. It has backfired a bit on him as we are still into February without a deal. Um, so I don't think a lot of teams actually did buy that bait. They sort of saw through Boris, who countless clubs have worked with before. And that one definitely concerned me as well. I personally thought he had already inked a deal with the Yankees because it was reported on SNY, I believe, which is the Yankees network. But panned out to not I think be that true at all. Mm-hmm. I think that I think SNY is the Mets network, not the. I think yes. I, do you mean yes network? Yeah. I think yes, yes is yes. Yes. We want to thank you for yeah. calling in, Luke. Um, before we go to break, we want to remind you that if you need tickets for any sporting event, uh, make sure to visit Stubyard and enter the code BPN10 and call in like Luke at the number eight four five two seven seven nine three four five. Thank you, and be ready for the next segment. Hello, everyone. My name is Eamon. I'm one of the hosts at Pinchweb Talk. On Wednesday, January 30th at 5 o'clock, we will be talking more about the Yankees' improvements, to Clint Fraser's future in Pinchwebs and top prospect talk, to how we think Brian Cashman has done this offseason, and also how Aaron Boone's first year managing was, and how we think he will be in the future. All of this will be featured on this week's episode of Pinchweb Talk. So this week, the MLB Pipeline's Top 100 Prospects came out. It featured three Phillies, including right-handed pitcher Sixto Sanchez at 27, uh, Alex Bohm at 59, and Alex Medina at 77. Uh, three Phillies only this year. Uh, prospects Adam Hazley and Mickey Moniak had fallen off from the pre- previous Pipeline's Top 100. So, Isaac, what is your initial response to the rankings of this year's Top 100 Prospects? Well, obviously, to have three prospects in the top 100 and two in the top 50, 55 or so is, you know, semi-exciting. But in all reality, not just Phillies fans, but I'm sure other fans would say that it's a bit surprising to see only three in the top 100, um, especially for Adam Hazley. 
I truly don't know what Adam Hazley did to totally fall off the list. He had an unbelievable year last year, and personally is one of my breakout stars eventually you will see. Um, he had a great year last year. can't believe he was snubbed from this MLB pipeline top 100 list. Mickey Moniak had, had a really rough first half of the year, kind of got back on track a bit in the second half, so I can see why he fell off, why his hype fell off a bit from being the number one overall pick. But Sixto Sanchez coming at number 23, that's a little bit lower than I expected. I expected him to be top 20. Um, Adonis Medina, number 77. I think I'm not surprised by the ranking, but I think he should be higher. He's, he's high on my list. And Alec Bohm, number 51, I believe. Um, he, he, he's shown some promise in the third baseman. So, Coy, what do you think about the rankings? Do you think they were right? Do you think the numbers were right? Well, when you look at Sixto Sanchez, he was the number 10 pitching prospect overall. So, and he's definitely the most exciting prospect the Phillies have. Last year, when the Machado reports were all coming out, it seems like Sanchez was a no-go in any deal, which eventually led to Machado's move to the Dodgers and ended up knocking the Phillies out of playoff contention as we saw them fall apart to end the season. He is down one spot from last year when he was ranked 26. Not too concerning at all. Looks like he stayed on the same path. Uh, had a good short season last year, dealt with some injuries, 4-3, and three, 251 ERA, uh, 45 strikeouts in 46 and two-thirds innings. So he's definitely the best guy we have, uh, correct ranking, keeping up top. And I think we might be a year, or hopefully not, but two years away from him seeing some major league time. Only 20 right now, so plenty of time moving forward. Alec Bohm was the our top pick from last year, so great to see he's already cracked the top 60 in only a short season in Clearwater last year, and, or Williamsport last year. Uh, I agree with you on Adonis Medina. Probably should have been a little bit higher. Did seem like he was possible to move around in a couple trade packages last uh, trade deadline. Still a Philly. He might be on a quicker track to the pros than Sanchez, a little older, oldest of the three prospects at 22 so three are pretty accurate I personally am more surprised by the guys left off like you said Hazley had a good year um I saw something that said they might be he might have been punished by inflated stats at Reading I thought Moniak while he did have a rough start still deserved the spot and so it's interesting to see how these players will pan out through their entirety of their careers obviously this means very little in terms of major league success so where do you see what players do you see potentially having a breakout 29 camp 2019 campaign that could land them either higher on this list or a pro roster come 2020 season? My breakout player of the week is Adonis Medina. Um, Adonis Medina, I've been very high on. Um, I'll tell you my bold take on why I think Adonis Medina has shown more promise than Sixto Sanchez and being a more top of the rotation type guy in the major leagues. He's currently in the 40 man roster for the Rule 5 draft, I am a huge fan of Adonis Medina. I think he is underrated. As I said, I wasn't totally surprised by his ranking on the Pipeline 100, but I think he should be higher. I've really been impressed by his numbers, his consistency that he's shown throughout the years. And I think it's about time for him to start start his time on the Phillies 40-man roster, 25-man roster. Um, maybe not opening day, but a few weeks or maybe about a month into the season. I believe that fourth or fifth man spot in the rotation will be struggling, and I think that's when the 
insert Adonis Medina. And when you bring up Adam Hazley as a potential breakout, he broke out last year. You said that he may have been punished for his time in Reading, but let me just tell you some of the stats. He batted 305 over 513 plate appearances. He had 11 homers, so showed a bit of pop, 55 RBIs, um, struck out only 73 times in 515 of-bats. I mean, I, 140 hits, uh, 17 doubles. I don't know much more. I don't know what much more he could have done to place himself in the top 100 yet again. I agree with you 100% on Hazley. He had a great year. Um, he was our top pick two years ago, I believe. Seems like he is moving along pretty well. Will be a future major league outfielder for the Phillies, hopefully, potentially, with an outfielder consisting of Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. He could be that third piece. But another possible piece is the player I potentially think will have a breakout 2019 in Mickey Moniak. He was the number one pick back in 2016. He had a great short season after following his selection. And then in 2017, his stock really took a big hit. Uh, 236, 284, 341 slash. Um, he had some defensive struggles. It just wasn't a great campaign overall. But then he had a very solid bounce-back season after a rough start. He finished it out um, batting 270, 30, um, 304 on base percentage, 383 slugging, five homers, uh, set a career high in 55 RBIs and 28 doubles, which was great to see. And he had 117 hits, which was seven more than 2019, even though he played nine more games that season. So it seems like he's taking that next step forward, a very promising second half. And so I could see him taking potentially an even further step in 2019 to where he is looking more and more ready for promotions to Reading and eventually Lehigh Valley before he gets his time at the major leagues. And it's a tough deal to work as the number one um, pick from any draft in any sport. And it seems like he's beginning to handle that burden quite well. Yes, I agree with you. Nicky Moniak has shown a lot of promise. He showed his commitment to Philadelphia as he spent time here over the offseason. And as we get back into a little bit of Harper talk, um, we want to take a caller, Andrew from Washington, D.C., wanting to talk a little bit about Harper. All right, as we stand by, um, I'll, trans- I'll talk a little bit more about what I think about Mickey Moniak. Um, Mickey Moniak, if you saw the video of Brian Dawkins uh, trying to make his pep talk to the young Phillies prospects when they were in Philadelphia a week or two ago, um, you would see that Mickey Moniak posted later on his Instagram he looks very inspired. He looks much more committed to the game this year. Not to say that he, not to say that he wasn't originally, but I believe that this offseason, like you said, I think it's a very good call for a breakout year. He showed improvement in the second half, and he sh- he's shown that he's very determined to get back to that high level of performance that he was at in high school, and show why he was drafted number one with that potential of all-star perennial center field material, both defensively and a contact hitter get on base a lot. He's, he truly showed that at the end of the year. Well, if Moniak and Hazley, both high-ranked prospects who we think could take that major league step, where do you think it all pans out 
with a Moniac, Hazley, Oduble, Roman Quinn, Nick Williams, uh, potentially Harper, McCutcheon. It'll all seem like a crowded outfield heading into that 2021 free agency where Mike Trout is available. How do you see which players hanging around? Who do you think could potentially be involved in some trade packages? Where do you see this all unfolding? You see, I see Sixto Sanchez um, finally having a full year, a full quality year this year. Um, and I see him being part of a trade package next offseason. Now, it's obviously a bold take. You can't predict anything that happens during the season. The Phillies may become needy for a starting pitcher or some form of depth, and they may trade Sixto Sanchez for a star player during the season um, to unload him or Adonis Medina. I think the player that is probably the most attractive to teams might be Alec Bohm. Alec Bohm was taken third by the Phillies in last year's draft, and as you said, he showed a lot of promise this year despite not having any pop. He didn't hit any homers this year, and he showed scouts that he has still has the tools to become a star third baseman. Now, some of his questions on the defensive side, which are obviously becoming a bigger, a bigger deal in the analytics side of baseball, but he's spent a lot of time working on his defense this offseason as his bat has truly, truly shown his potential to become a third baseman in the, in the MLB. I think that the most likely prospect would be Alec Bohm if the Phillies were to trade someone by the end of this offseason. Uh, Boom's role moving forward will definitely depend uh, greatly on how this offseason unfolds. If Machado does come in and looks like the third baseman of the future, a Boom move is more likely, whereas if Harper comes in, obviously more likely that one of our outfielders will be moved. But like you said, Boom, in a very short amount of time, he did look like he has those skills to, once he is major league ready, if Michael Franco has been the third baseman for the previous set of years, he will be ready to take the reins, hopefully as a better version of Franco. But it definitely was promising for Philly fans to see Sanchez, Bowman, and Medina all ranked. They have a lot of other solid prospects, such as Dylan Cousins, who have got a little bit of major league time, haven't panned out just yet, and could take that next step forward, hopefully this year. So whereas in a ton to have in this pipeline rankings, it shouldn't discourage any Philly fans of what the future and what this rebuild has produced, as there will definitely be a lot of top prospects coming forward and contributing on a major league team. Agreed, agreed, Coy. And another point I want to make about the MLB Top 100 pipeline is they, they like they really do, which is why I think um, – uh, Sixto Sanchez gets love, Adonis Medina gets love, and why Adam Hazley may have been off the top 100. There's a lot of impressive hitting prospects out there, so it's fairly hard for scouts to compare them to each other, especially in AA, where Adam Hazley was. Um, he spent time in, in A-plus and AA this year, which makes it hard to compare him to other prospects who maybe didn't have his greatest season statistically, but did the whole year. So that's a, that's one point I wanted to make about why Sixto Sanchez is hyped up as a Phillies prospect. There's truly, when you think about it, so there's 30 teams and five guys in a rotation. That's 150 pitchers. And the top two 
on each team are supposedly elite pitchers. So when you think about that, that's 60 pitchers right there, and that's being pretty generous. That's 60 pitchers that are that are panned out, quote unquote. So it, so it seems that the MLB likes to hype up and really pays attention more to these high quality pitching prospects, just simply because there's just less of them compared to hitters. I think that's a very good point that you make there about the rankings. Obviously, like we said, the rankings don't play too much in the major league success. Hopefully some Phillies left off the list will make their impact at the major league level. Feel free to call in at 845-279-345 to FanCast. We'll head into a network advertisement. All right, so myself and Corey are going to get started on some of the rumors here about that surfaced today about Harper and Machado. So, Coy, what is your opinion on Manny Machado right now? Do you think he heads to Southern California and, and Sandy? In San Diego, um, there have been recent reports that the Padres are interested in both trading for JT Real Muto, the probable number one catcher in baseball, and possibly having a face-to-face meeting with shortstop Manny Machado. Now, throughout this offseason, if you recall, I'll tell you some of the teams that have been linked to Manny Machado, most notably the Yankees, um, the Chicago White Sox, and the Phillies. Now that the Padres seem to be jumping on the train, it's quite interesting. If you think about the previous five to ten years for the Padres, in the past 12 years they've had two winning seasons. And here are some of the notable players that they've added to try to get back into the contention. A few years ago they signed Craig Kimbrell. They signed fading Melvin Upton Jr. Last year they signed Eric Hosmer to an eight-year deal worth over $100 million. Kind of scoffed at because the Padres didn't really commit to a full rebuild until a year or two ago, and it's really held them back from contention for a while. Instead of allowing themselves to play out the the full rebuild, they signed Craig Kimbrell and trade him away later that year. They signed Will Myers and trade for him from the Tampa Bay Rays, and he really has taken a dumper in San Diego. As as many players have been filtering out of San Diego. They they now have multiple 10 prospects in the top 100. So it is paying off for them. But as you think about the possibility of Manny Machado, it just doesn't make sense to me. Their top prospect for Fernando Tatis is a short, is an upcoming short, shortstop. Um, for Manny Machado to come in and, sign a long-term deal. I don't see where Tatis would fit in, especially in the Padres. It doesn't make sense to me, especially with the outcry the fans have had about them signing these fading players. I'm not saying Manny Machado is the opposite of a fading player, but to sign a major free agent like this at this time, I can't see happening. I think they want to attempt to stay relevant, and they might make a move for JT Real Muto, but 
in this situation, I see Machado going elsewhere. Now, in the Philly situation, to my point about Bryce Harper, agents, things like that. Now, this offseason has been dry, right? I get a lot of complaints about how this offseason has been dry. But let me tell you the true target, the true target where we should be mad at. Not agents, not Bryce Harper, but MLB reporters. Now, these reporters have, have lived off have lived off these partially fabricated reports, and I'm going to give my full take after this after this network advertisement. Make sure to call in at eight four five two seven seven nine three four five. Hello, BPN listeners. This is Jake from the Amazing Mets podcast, uh, owner of the First One Sixty Two, co-hosted with John, the owner of At Mets Updates. This week on the Amazing Mets podcast. We will be interviewing David Peterson. We'll be talking about off-season news and also opening a mailbag. Make sure to check us out. We're on every Thursday at 7 p.m. this week. Uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. Thank you. All right, song. Fans, hope you can't that J.D. Martin, all other regions, their respective years. And I don't know about Coy, do you remember these players? Uh, what were your feelings whenever J.D. Martinez last year signed in late March? Well, I think it's become a big problem with MLB. And whereas you say we should be mad at the MLB reporters, I'm more side on our true anger should be targeted at MLB owners who try and save up pennies on their behalf. They don't want to give this money to players, don't want to go into the luxury tax. And Martinez was one of those guys. Jake Arrieta was another where, yes, sometimes the asking price is reason, a reason, unreasonable, but it can be negotiated and brought back down to where we could get this more wrapped up by hopefully the end of December or maybe the early beginnings of the new year. This year after year of players not being ready for the major league season because they were signed so late on is the major issue here. We saw as Philly fans, Jake Arrieta wasn't ready for his first time through the rotation because such a it could happen to Bryce Harper this year, depending on when he finally inks the deal. And so that is the true problem with this delayed market, the fact that players aren't ready for uh, the major league season, and if this continues on, and if this is the trend that these players and agents are set setting, we could have problems uh, for the next following sets of free agent classes. Agreed, agreed, and just to continue on my take for a bit, um, these these reporters. So let's get in the mindset of of their off season. So I, I do acknowledge the fact that they have a living to make and they need to have a certain amount of reports to stay relevant. But they have really commanded the minds of, of Major League Baseball and the regular fan. They, they had these – remember whenever uh, Manny Machado's agent came out, Dan Lozano, and he really ridiculed the Buster Olney report that they, the White Sox had offered Machado a, offered less than $200 million. 
that just—it's everyone was shocked at that offer that it was than two hundred million, and I'm pretty sure it was off of speculation. Buster only reported it. Um, I believe Bob Nightingale did it as well. They're both blasted and truly wasn't many reports in the coming days after Dan Lozano wrote that letter. And that really showed me that most of these reports are maybe not totally fabricated, but they're based off of pure speculation. And at times, some of these reports that have come out are truly just to stay relevant. And I think there are other directions these reporters can go in during the off season. They can go into they can go more into minor league deals, the littler, littler deals, instead of trying to give that huge update that everyone is waiting for. It is much better to have the game changer update that Ken Rosenthal often drops. Or if you're if you follow basketball, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, Waj, he he always seems to drop these huge updates, but doesn't fabricate many reports. It'd be nice if in baseball we could have that same sort of reliability and reports that come out. I know I'd be a lot more comfortable if all the reports that would come out about Bryce Harper were true, or if there were none at all, I would be fine with either one of those. We definitely could use some woge bombs in the MLB. Let's head back out to Luke, uh, who wanted to come in and discuss a little more Harper before we wrap up. Hello? Is it, is it working? Can you hear me? Hey, Luke. Welcome back. Yes, yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Cause it, there's something wrong with that. Um, so, do you, the way this market's like playing out, it's like really dragging on long. And I think that when Harper went in the offseason, I think he was expecting like, you know, maybe like 400 million. It's not, I don't think he's going to get that. I did it one time. Um, do you, I thought about this a lot. Do you think he regrets rejecting that 10 year, $300 million contract in Washington? Um, I like your take. I have actually, I've thought about this, thought about this myself. And I don't think he necessarily regrets it because everyone believed that Harper would receive a contract more than $350 million, let alone 300 Now, as the offseason gone on, we saw the low-balling on Manny Machado offers. We've seen different things that have happened on the Harper market that have indicated that he might not get paid as much as he originally thought. And I don't think he regrets declining the offer. I think he regrets not countering. Now, he, the reports that came out from Jim Bowden were that he just simply declined the offer. Nationals reached out for a 10-year, $300 million contract extension. He just declined it. He, him and his agent were looking for a change of scenery, it's opposed, and really, really wanted to – truly wanted to um, – truly wanted to um, explore the market. So after this time, uh, I think Bryce Harper – certainly has let future free agents know that you need to truly consider every opportunity and work with every offer. You can't just simply decline an offer. Does that make sense, Luke? Make sense, Luke? Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and I and I heard what you were saying about the recorders, and I really agree with you on that because they, I mean, yes, they have to get paid, like you said, and, you know, they have, they have to get out. And before. I totally agree with what you're saying with that. And, now, I used to buy in a lot of these reports and everything, but, you know, ever since that Dan Clark guy, whatever his name was, the annoying guy on Twitter, he said that Machado will be going to the Yankees. Like, I just think that that kind of turned me away a little bit and that kind of made me second-guess Twitter a little bit. And, like, all right, and I kind of made me think, like, okay, well, do I even trust Twitter anymore? Like, do you think that this is um, 
do you think that this is like kind of, um, you know, uh, it's kind of, I, I don't know. Um, you think that the, you think you should trust Twitter? Um, it depends on who you're looking at. The most trustworthy names I think right now are guys like Ken Rosenthal, Jim Bowden, uh, Bob Nightingale, um, John Heyman, another one. They're John Monroe, another good to listen to. These guys are the ones that know what they're talking about, know what they're, uh, the, how the true deals are going on. But tw- there's a lot of Twitter accounts, like we said, guys trying to get Twitter famous. It's very easy to take mm-hmm. a, take advantage of a global market. And so I think the best way to look at it is if you have the app Bleacher Report, they set they sort of merge out that fake news and only post the real shit out there. So that's how you can sort of yeah. choose the right Twitter information. So I would more look at it through that than just random guys trying to get their little moment in the sunshine with getting fans' hopes up. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. Uh, and one final question I want to add. You know, whenever I, I think – do you agree with me on this? That I think that Josh Keuchel will wait it out until, like, the very end. Like, because Jake Arrieta, like, waited it out until, like, March. Like, like he'll – because, like, in my opinion, I think pitchers can, like, wait it out for, like, a little longer because, like, pitchers, like, if, you know, you can fit five in rotation, but position players, it's harder for them to wait it out because – Totally agree. Only one that. starter. I see. I see where you go with this, and I totally agree. Uh, Keuchel and, Bo- and uh, Arietta are both Boris clients. They have a similar type of play. They play. both are the same kind of same kind of players. Um, and I, I truly believe that, as you said, he'll wait until spring training is already underway for until he finds a new home, whether that's in Philadelphia, um, Cincinnati, return to Houston, or somewhere else. Now, mm-hmm. I'd like to thank you tonight as we turn to the boy for a final thought. Uh, just a quick PSA for all the fans, listeners, and baseball world out there. Um, Bill Hunter and Jeff Evans, you are both letdowns. Uh, the ESPN graphic was a letdown. Um, MLB The Show is doing great at promoting. Please stop trolling us. Uh, custom bats were a great little thing from King of Prussia. Feel free to send them our way. We would love those. Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And go Phils. Hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. When I bought a ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was winning. Checking on these. I'm like Papa on his finish. Double M, yeah, that's my team. Rose, they catching on Lieutenant. I'm the tight can of men casting grind like I'm broke. Fancast is produced by Benson Fector. Fancast is a baseball podcast network production. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram. Koi. At Coy's Dimmal, that's Z D I M A L, and Isaac at Philly's Focus with a P H. Be sure to give the Fancast account a follow on Instagram as well at Fancast BPM. For more Fancast content, be sure to head over to our website at baseballpodcastnet.com, and be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all those social media platforms: Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net, Twitter. At Baseball Podcast One. That's P O D C A S One. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network. And SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to FanCast. We'll see you next time.